Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 4 of the F1 Fix. I am joined by Marcus and Farhan. We're totally wearing the same outfit on a different day. We're not filming right after the last one. <laughs> yep, guys, don't worry about it. This is a complete different day. We just wanted to wear the same clothes as last episode so that uh, for exactly. continuity purposes. All right. Exactly. Um, well, today's episode, we today's brand new fresh episode, we wanted to talk uh, a bit about the driver market. Um, we'll, we'll also go over the steering Grand Prix, but there's been a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, most notable is, of course, uh, Fernando Alonso is coming back to Renault. Uh, I say coming back because if you guys don't know, he has won two championships with Renault back in, oh, something, five, six, the day. seven. Back in the day. <laughs> back yeah. in the day. Back in the good old days. Um, yeah. And he's finally coming back to, to Renault and he's going to make his comeback after being away for a year, two, two years. Uh, it's going to be exciting everybody's very excited to see uh, his emotions and his uh, antics back on the grid. Uh, what do mm-hmm. you guys think? Are you guys are you guys happy to see him back or would you have rather seen somebody else replace him? It was a big discussion, right, at, at first when it was just rumors. Yeah. Um, I mean, everyone uh, was kind of questioning Renault, really, like why they were pursuing Fernando because Fernando is he's a very experienced driver but he brings a lot of cost to the team paying for a, a driver of that caliber cannot be cheap for Renault or anyone and Renault doesn't really have the funds right now <laughs> so I, I remember we were talking about like whether Fernando is the right choice or one of the Renault driver academy um, drivers yeah, or and, yeah, and uh, we we said like it was a bad decision for Renault, but like I think I've kind of changed my mind. Me too. About that. Yeah, I. What about you, Marcus? Okay, for me, uh, I don't know if you guys watch. You guys are on and off with F two. Um, Guan Yu Zhou is actually doing. Okay. On the for the Austrian Grand Prix, he qualified half a second faster than everyone else, which in F two where all the cars are the same, impressive. I mean that's that's a very impressive. But then, and then he had some engine failure and then he was DNF, so it was yeah. very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, then in the second one, whenever it was in the rain, he didn't do too well, but I still I think he finished P three, uh, so it wasn't. It wasn't his, I mean, P3 and F2 is still very good. As long as you're in the top six consistently, then you're a championship contender. Um, but I think it was just the unfortunate timing of the 2020 season because now it's already, you, you have to be making decisions on who's going to be in your F, who's going to be racing uh, for 2021. But F2 hasn't been going long enough for them to actually know who is good in F2, mm. who's able to make the move up to F1. So... If they don't even know who's going to have enough super license points to even make it. Like, how, how, what if yeah. they don't make it? Like, if we started in uh, back when we were meant to, then we would know if Guan Yu Zhou was actually a good fit. But we don't. So, Brandon just took the safe choice, I think. 
by going with Fernando Alonso. I agree. I think I think that with with the position that they're in right now, where they need to develop the twenty twenty two car, they need. I think they needed a, and I think this point has been mentioned before, but they needed a big name to replace Danny Rick. Danny Rick is a big name, and they need they can't lose a superstar driver and replace him with a you know up and coming F two driver. You need a mm-hmm. big like huge name to come back and like bring that hype back to Renault. Uh, also have him you know work with the development side. He's he's worked with Renault before. He can he can kind of develop that car around him. The only downside I see is that Renault team becoming kind of like the McLaren team, where you know the McLaren. The problem with McLaren when Fernando was there was that it kind of became Fernando's team, where everything was like, yeah, you have to listen to Fernando or mm-hmm. get out, or you're not, you're wrong. It has if everything yeah. was under Fernando's direction, it wasn't that anybody else had that leadership position. So that's the only. I think that's the only downside that comes with Fernando. But at the same time, he's a brilliant driver, and I think that's just one of the costs of having a driver like that. But that's, do you know what Renault's financial situation is like? I know because it's not. I know it's not perfect. But okay, here's the thing: they they have a decent amount of money after uh, losing Ricardo. Because uh, I think that um, Ricardo had how long was Ricardo's deal? Because either either McLaren have to pay out that deal, or um, I think whatever money they don't have to pay Ricardo, I think his his payment was already pretty huge. So it's not like they're getting like a huge. It's not. It's not like they're moving up to a really, really a much more high paying driver. Maybe it is a little no, bit but more. But Alonso would be more than Ricardo it would be more. Yeah. Sure. But the thing is, I think Renault they have enough money to to do that for now. Alcon I don't think costs that much. Uh, <laughs> so I think they have Alcon. Alcon has backing though. I think he has backing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but you're I right. mean, to, um, to be fair, the amount of sponsors that that Fernando brings um, could offset that. Yeah. My my thing is, um, yeah, th- with your point about he really runs a one man team, and he's selfish in the way that it's all about him when he's in that team, and that could be a issue for you know F one is a team sport like it the. It, the whole premise is about teams. The drivers are really the last consideration in that whole like supply chain, if you think yeah. about it. So, um, but I also think on that uh, perspective, Alonso has had um, two years out now. He also has um, driven in uh, IndyCar and the World Endurance Championship. Hopefully, like, he's matured from... He's already very mature, but he's... he's Especially with the World Endurance Championship, where it's three drivers all competing for the same uh, title. Hopefully, uh, what people are saying, that he will see this more as a team... Uh, as a team rather than him fighting for another world championship. That's do do you think Renault is trying to uh, sort of just bridge the gap with the driver rather than with the car? It might just be that you know they have this two-year period where they need somebody before they have a good driver to replace him. And 
he just brings enough experience for them to fill that gap where you know they, where they lack in pace he can make up in his own uh experience and, and technical direction but okay no, but another thing to also... consider is alonso is coming back after two years and you know you can learn a lot in two years he might not be the exact same person that he was in mclaren he probably has gone away had time to reflect on what he was like at mclaren people change people learn he did seem a little bit more somber in his interviews than he normally does. Uh, so maybe maybe he will come back and be a bit more positive in his role. But there was with a... Uh, sorry, go for it. Okay, I was just going to say, like, with a, with a driver who comes with a lot of experience, that almost proportionally equates to better development of the car. So by prioritizing, like, a better driver, you're also prioritizing development of a car of your car to some extent i mean i don't think i think alonso would have way more input on development than say guan yu Zhou, mm -hmm. who's never raced an f1 so um it seems like they can bridge the gap with a driver but honestly looking at all the other options alonso is definitely the best fit we don't want, and Ocon is still a, a relative rookie because he's also been off for two years, um, and he's still young, uh, still has a lot of emotion in him, uh, as we saw in the race with Ricardo, when he was behind Ricardo, uh, in front of Ricardo. So, yeah. yeah, I think this is a good move for Renault, and hopefully, it will lead them to develop a better car and. Look, we can't forget the idea that um, Ricardo was convinced to come into Renault, right? Like, Ricardo was promised a world championship car. Obviously, something that um, Cyril said to R Ricardo appealed to him. And so, probably, I don't think Alonso would re uh, return to the sport if he didn't have full faith that his car... Uh, it could have been the paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> no, Just bro. Alonso, Alonso has his own like clothing company. Alonso's making money, but I think he the only reason he would return to F one if he was would be if he was fully convinced that he could win another championship. Because mm. everyone knows it's well within his skills to win another championship. It's just about the machinery under him. So mm. I definitely think that. There's something, well, I mean, like, there's obviously no way of telling, but I think with Alonso and with Renault's development of the car, um, they're going to be in an upward trajectory from here. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's, we can, we can, we can conclude on Alonso. I'm sure he'll, it, I, if anything, it, it's going to be exciting to see him back. It'll be fun to see his, his, uh, his emotion play out on, yeah. the, on, the, on the track. Oh, this but, is yeah. this is great for the fans. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone wants team radio yeah. is gonna be excellent. I hope I hope they take that sliver of blue on the Renault car and expand it a little oh, bit yes. to pay homage to Alonso. Yeah, that was discussed. No, isn't the uh, the next year's? Oh wait, no, it was uh, just a fan. I was looking at fan art for the Renault livery, and a lot of them were blue. Like mm. dominantly blue. Maybe yeah, because I mean, more, more than that little sliver now. Yeah. Maybe other people are like you and find it sexy. 
Mm. Dude, it would be so nice if it was more blue. Like, imagine Alonso won his championships in a blue, yellow Renault. Mm. All right. Well, all right. Okay. <laughs> let's let's talk about the other, you know, pretty big driver market silly season news, which is what's going to happen to that Aston Martin team. Or you know, it's it's okay. So so for our for can I just say, know, okay, go ahead. It's been yeah. It's been silly season for like like three years now, like <laughs> three or four years now. Silly it, season. Every year is just a silly season at this point. Like there yeah. is no question yeah. about it. Um, but well, okay. So so for people for viewers that may not know, um, uh, right now, so Racing Point is also the. The team used to be called Force India. Uh, it got bought by Lance Stroll's dad, and he turned it into Racing Point. Lance Stroll's dad has also now bought a stake in Aston Martin, and in exchange for that stake in Aston Martin, Aston Martin is taking over as the title name. Like, they're, essentially, it's going to be called Aston Martin next year instead of Racing Point. So, uh, Aston Martin is what we're going to refer to for probably now on if we, if we mean Racing Point because that's what the team's going to be called next year. Anyways, right now the driver lineup is Sergio Perez and Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll is there because his dad owns the team. Sergio Perez is there because he's been there for, you know, basically half his career, more than half his career. He's He's been with that team through their struggles of, of going into administration. He put apparently his own money into you know putting getting lawyers into putting and and to get that team into administration so that hundreds of jobs are saved. He's extremely loyal to the team. He's had offers from other teams. He hasn't taken them so that he can remain with Force in, uh, with uh, Racing he Point. Brings in sponsors as well. Brings in he a brings ton of in sponsors. A lot of yep, and and now we're at this point where Ferrari, obviously as we've discussed before, has let go of Vettel. Uh, in exchange for Carlos Sainz, and and now there is a potential where a couple of weeks ago there was there was no chance that either of those people, um, Lance Stroll obviously because his dad owns the team, Sergio Perez because of the reasons that we just mentioned, neither of those seats were available. We thought, but apparently a offer has reached Sebastian Vettel for a seat at Aston Martin, which means that either one of those two seats has to open up. And it's a little bit of a de- debate, discussion going on about who's going to have to give up their seat. Because in my head, it's a pretty clear cut. Sergio brings in everything or so much more than, than, than Stroll does. Where, okay, Stroll technically brings in money because his dad is backing the team because he's in it. But Sergio brings in his driving ability, sponsors, his loyalty to the team, he knows half the team, his technical ability. He just he's like the entire package. And him along with Vettel would would be a mind blowing uh, team teammate package. So why is there even a discussion going on? What do you guys why would he keep stroll? Like what's what Because what it's world? his son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what I, I sent it to you guys last night. The only way which I see it, him like keeping Sergio, is the if Lawrence adopts Sergio, and <laughs> disowns Lance. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's just, um. I mean, we saw it with um, what's it called? 
Ocon in 2018, where where Stroll was obviously prioritized over Ocon. Now I know it's different because um, it's Sebastian Vettel, a four-time world champion, but Ocon was still um, like pictured as this really great up-and-coming rookie talent, um, and he was doing. To be fair, he was doing very well with uh, Force India, as it was called at the time, and and he was you know competing with Perez. He was competing well with Perez. So, and. Clearly, they chose Stroll for money reasons. Um, obviously, there was a whole thing about Lawrence buying out, um, uh, leading the consortium to save uh, Racing Point. I think this situation might not be too different from that. It is his son, after well, all. And his son, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting one. Here, here's here's the the big difference. Sergio has double or triple the amount of years in F1 as Esteban does. He brings in a lot more money than Esteban does. He's been in the team longer than Esteban was. Like, there's just so many reasons to keep Sergio on the on the team. Like, they're gonna literally lose money if Sergio leaves because they lose sponsors. They probably have to pay Vettel more. It, it, like, why? Okay, he, here's the thing. Lawrence Stroll is a businessman, and here's where I think that he's he's a billionaire businessman. He you don't you don't become rich and that successful unless you have to make hard decisions, uh, decisions that may involve you know not betraying but like making decisions against your family. You don't get to spend all the time in the world with your family when you're when you're a billionaire. You work hard, and sometimes you sacrifice that family part of your life. So why not sacrifice Lance? <laughs> but I, I I think Lance is his business. It's that's the he's invested he's investing in Lance for the future. That's his. Big, I mean, look, there's a gray he, area he when it comes to family and business. I think for sure, and yeah, I, I think it, it's also important to know that it's like whenever Lance was at Williams, it was that was just uh, Lawrence was giving money for Lance's seat. Lawrence wasn't planning on buying out Williams at the time. He wasn't planning on having his own F1 team or doing this. It was purely for his son. His son was the main purpose of why he's in the F1 world. And assuming that hasn't changed, then I think Lance is going to stay in. Well, here's here's where I think where it has changed. Um, There was this post that came out on the F1 Reddit the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. But it was kind of explaining uh, Lawrence Stroll's investment journey through F1, where initially he was just in it to, for a seat. But what's coming out now is that Lawrence Stroll, he might just become the first investor in F1 to actually turn a profit. Because what he's done is he's invested in uh, Racing Point, given them that influx of cash that they needed. Aston Martin has been struggling over the last couple of years. They haven't been able to sell cars. And he's essentially he he's uh he's bought out like twenty five percent of that the car company, um at a cheap because because they're doing so badly he's given them a lot of cash for and he's got a lot of shares of their their company now, and he he's he's pairing that up with the F one team which will probably increase the brand value, he's he's actually thinking about how to make his investment worthwhile, 
And if you're trying to make your investment worth more money, do you get two drivers that will obliterate or like, you know, one of the best driving pairings on the grid? Or do you choose your son? Like, you know, what's the better investment decision? So. No, but uh, clearly, like, you don't go into F1 to make good business decisions. Like, But he is now. That's a, this, that's a thing. Like, he is he is literally about to be one of the first he, people to no, make a profit. I'm saying he's not in F1 to make a profit. That's not his primary said, goal, right? I, I, I'm yeah. just saying I, I, I made 10 cents. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Damn. I'm just saying, you know, mm. me and Lawrence Stroll, we're, per, we're one and the same. You know, we're both in the <laughs> F1 world for profit. Yeah, you're in it for the profit. That's what I'm saying, dude. Lawrence is in it for the profit. Maybe he wasn't in it for a profit when he was paying for that Williams seat because obviously he was getting nothing out of it. But now he could make a ton of money off of it. Like if, if the Aston Martin brand does well after they join F1, they start selling more cars, he'll sell off those shares, they make a massive profit. And what will increase the profit of his company, the, the, sh- the value of their shares? A four-time world champion, along with a extremely good driver like Sergio Perez. I just yeah. feel weird having Vettel stay on. Uh, because personally, I, I, I think that he's been underperforming past little while mm-hmm. and yes he has that reputation from the past from when it was his last world championship 2012 13 14 13, 13. um it's I, I don't know it i would save the money because i mean compared to lance and vettel you pro- i'm guessing there's about 30 40 million that you'd have to spend on just a contract there 30, 30 so million I, I is probably would, a good amount for Vettel, yeah. I, I, I would assume, uh, as a businessman, for Vettel, who's been on a decline, I wouldn't suddenly assume that he's going to change shift gears and to become another world championship contender. Uh, I would save your money for development and stick with Lance, because he's not terrible. He's not. <laughs> he's not terrible yet. He's not. He's not great. That's, but he's not terrible. Fine. You know, it, it's, it's it's not the it's, worst okay. thing. Yeah. You can. You. I'll take it. Yeah. Lance is not. He's not. He. It's not like he <laughs> falls behind the we grid, can, gets overtaken a lot. You know. We can't he's, say anything about. No, but okay. In the race, let's. That's. I think that's the best example. Perez overtook Ricardo at one point. And Lance was just behind Ricardo for so long, like so many laps, he was just behind yeah. Ricardo. And, and then it's just the, like, the, when he actually did go for the overtake, he completely messed it up. And now Ricardo has an issue with him, and they're gonna bring it up in the drivers' briefing. And yeah. like, it was actually unfair what he did because uh, if so, so if you guys, if if for our viewers, if you guys don't know, in the Styrian Grand Prix, um, last couple, there's like five laps to go. Stroll makes a. a uh, a lunge towards Ricardo, who's in front of him, and Ricardo sees him coming. He knows that Stroll is not going to make the corner, so so Ricardo goes off track to avoid the crash. Stroll also goes off track to avoid the crash. Um, obviously, it's an unsuccessful overtake, but then Stroll still takes position and comes out in front of Ricardo. And Ricardo, obviously, in that situation, says that's unfair because if it was Max on 
uh, and you, I, I was watching the exact same example that Will Buxton said this uh, on the YouTube channel. If it was Max and Lewis, and Max like pushed Lewis off the road in, in an overtake, and both of them went off track, but then Max went off overhead uh, in front of him, everybody would be like, it's so unfair, Max should get a penalty. But Lance didn't get a penalty, so it's not fair. That's kind of detracting from the point. Lance is okay. He's okay. He's gotten podiums. He's more podiums than Nico Hulkenberg. You know, <laughs> that's not fair. That that Azerbaijan Grand Prix where he got the podium was not. Yeah, no, stop. <laughs> that's that's mean. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I there's also like a thing of maybe it's just his young age, like. Maybe. <laughs> they could, I mean, Czech has been they, they in the sport for him, so long. They could make him a test driver, development driver. Same I'd driver. See, I don't think... Look, I don't think his dad... I don't think... Honestly, I don't think his dad has will ever do that, though. No. The, the but, dad also has to hold up an image of the Stroll family. Mm-hmm. It is a... Like, he has to hold up an image of his son in a really good F1 seat and him leading the F1. Like, there's an image he has to hold up. And let's say Stroll gets kicked out. He goes to Haas or Alpha. Those are the only two realistic options. Where You think like, he'd still what, have a seat? At the back of the grid, where will... where? What kind of image does that paint for the Stroll family? Okay, or if to he's be fair, a his driver. image his image already is that he's paying for his seat. It's like all of his he literally just gets so much hate on social media. It's not like his image is like, oh, he's a brilliant driver. He's so good. So I, I, actually, yeah. that's uh, one thing which I haven't really heard anyone talk about is what if Vettel does come on to the Aston Martin team and it's Vettel and Sergio. Um, great lineup. And then Lance goes to, I mean, now Williams is both taken up, but Haas, Haas still has three seats open. Haas what if or Lance Alpha? Still, Haas or Alpha, yeah. Lance still could go to either of those two teams. I, I think, I think that would be perfectly With or right. without his dad's money. Yeah. But I, those I are that... teams at the very back of the grid right now. Okay, but Lance is not a driver that's supposed to be at the very front. He's not a championship winning driver. Like maybe okay, but when it's your not. dad that's that's literally bought an F one team so you could be in the top. I, I don't know. Like I just I see emotion coming into this way more than business acumen. No. For it, uh, for okay. Lawrence at least for Lawrence, it's the same thing with Latifi with uh Sofina. Um, Sofina sponsored Williams. Who would sponsor Williams right now? <laughs> but he did it because his son is in a Williams. Like, mm. but yeah. but it's different when you if if you because now I'm okay now I'm kind of for Vettel joining and Lance being kicked off to another team. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow, I had that bad of an argument. <laughs> right, assuming Aston Martin does just straight away become a title contending team. Um, Best case scenario. You wouldn't want to fully hedge your bets on one driver, because 
they wouldn't just be like, because I mean, okay, they know if they have Sergio and Lance, they're going to be like, okay, it's Lance, sorry, but Sergio is going to be winning the championships. You'll just be there. Um, <laughs> so it would actually make sense if his dad owned the team and he wants his son to continue racing. Send him to Alpha or Haas while he's still not uh, outperforming his teammates and currently run his own uh, team with people that can actually fight for championships. Oof. Sure. I, I think that I, I think that either Lance can take the development role. He can still be part of the team. He can like he can just be the test driver. I don't see anything wrong with your dad owning the team. I see <laughs> it wrong when you're you're literally ruining the sport and you're not letting a four time world champion take a seat in exchange for Okay, yours. but but when has I guess, yeah. I don't... All right. Okay, I think... Drivers I think... have always been a thing. But we... I'll also mention that there is... There's one other factor here, and that is um, the rumors surrounding Perez... Perez's manager negotiating with both Alpha and Haas. Mm. I, th- I think that's his backup. Mm-hmm. Like, Valtteri did that with Renault. That could so... be... That could be contingency. Yeah. But, like, also could not... Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm just well, well that you know, it, let's we, we've spoken enough about about Perez <laughs> and and all this. Let's let's yeah. quickly go over the Styrian Grand Prix, which was uh, again in the Red Bull Ring in uh, beautiful Spielberg. Um, uh, qualifying, okay, star of the show by far, easily, uh, Lewis Hamilton blew everyone away. There's no chance, like obliterate, complete obliteration. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you Jeez. can't even... Nobody comes close to how good Hamilton is. 1.2 seconds. His in, the gap, wet. in the wet. In the <laughs> in wet. In the wet. His gap between himself and Bottas was... Uh, sorry, himself and Verstappen was the same yeah. as the gap between uh, the whole of him... Uh, the whole of uh, Verstappen and whoever came last in, in Q1, which was... Uh, or Q3, which yeah. was Vettel. Oh, geez, which is another thing we okay. talk about. But what you don't think you obliterated no. the field? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> this is this is what's uh, okay. Partially because I'm, I'm not curious. too big of a Hamilton fan, mm-hmm. and it's, I just want to always have an argument against him. But <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so could we agree that every minute or whatever ten thirty seconds that you started your last lap later? Caught, got you more time in terms of the track just conditions being much better suited. sure not one point everyone seconds, was, but sure sure everyone was improving yep. on their yep uh, throughout q3 yeah okay um on max's lap whenever he spun he was he had a couple purple specs sectors yes it might have not been 1.2 seconds faster, but it still would have actually bridged that gap closer. Um, but then, so Max is the lap that actually counted. He started whenever there was three minutes and 25 seconds left of Q3. Hamilton started his last lap whenever there was 12 seconds left of Q3. So there was over a three minutes time period for the track conditions to improve. And then he could... But what you're saying that. is that... I'm, I'm, Verstappen. I'm not saying that the he would have done better. I'm not saying Verstappen would have gone in yeah. P1. 
Yeah. I, Hamilton definitely did an amazing job. He probably would have been, I don't know, five tenths ahead or something like that. But um, everyone was saying how it's like 1.2 seconds. It's because Verstappen spun and he got unlucky with the, okay, t- how, with the let's timing just, charts. How, let's, okay, just, here's the thing. Let's forget Verstappen. Just delete Verstappen. Mm-hmm. Who else came close? <laughs> Nobody else came even marginally close. Next after him was Carlos Sainz, who was a whole uh, 1.4 seconds behind. Okay, but that's also like... Um, the Mercedes obviously has a better car. I th- I I think there's some merit to what Marcus is saying because when Verstappen did his, when Verstappen did that flying lap, I was blown away. I was like, that's in like how did this man just do that? Let alone when Lewis. I mean, when Lewis did his lap, I was even more like mind blown. <laughs> that was an insane lap from him. But you're right. During during um wet conditions track evolution has everything to do with um uh how well your cars perform and strategy as well like whether it's inters whether it's there's some dry patches where the dry patches are in the track it's also so variable because like q2 the times are actually faster than q3 because of just the rain that just changed so yeah changing conditions yes i agree it's all kind of plays a part um but still, so I th- it doesn't matter. Even if it's, even if the gap was five five tenths, uh, five, yeah, five tenths, I still think Hamilton just kind of blew everything away. There's no doubt. Like I mean, he <laughs> obliterated everyone, and maybe that's also um, partly to do with this, like Mercedes's setup and strategy within qualifying. Um, but yeah, I mm. think. I mean, Bottas I was two, think, wait, one point uh, five seconds apart. So, I think if Max was in a Mercedes, he could have mm. come okay. close. He could have come close. But then, then, that, then again, that lap he did, yeah. that lap he did was insane. But then again, keep in mind that that part of part of racing is being able to control your car and not spinning. So. Oh yeah, but it happens. Like even Lewis yeah. spins on. Yeah, in, yeah. In I mean, you, you, you guys saw the onboard footage. I, they showed it on air whenever it was uh, on the lap. Whenever Max spun as he was going out of turn four, and I think Brun. I, I just watched the qualifying again, like half an hour ago, which is why I noticed. <laughs> um, but Brundle was like just saying, uh, "Oh, he's wrestling it like an octopus," and it's. If you actually watch the onboard footage, it is just completely left, right, left, right. It's just you have to. It, it, it is. It is. I mean, amazing I don't want to. I don't want to compare myself in any way, but you know, when it's it. when it's raining in F one twenty twenty, you gotta, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta do that, bro. Signs though, holy like. Yeah, signs. Wow, what? Yeah. insane! Like I. That that McLaren is good. Not dude. only his skill, but like the McLarens development. McLarens like, are wow. bloody fast. Yeah, McLarens are that. I'm very glad I bought this hat last year, because <laughs> what an <laughs> unbelievably good car that is. Um. All right. What? Well, any other shockers uh, from from? Uh... Oh, Russell. Um, Russell. Russell. Oh, Q2. right. Russell's How can we even mistake? forget? Russell Q two. Oh. 
mistake we'll talk about later. Russell Q2. We're 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 cheering for Okay. Okay, first we cheer. Russell Q2. Yes. That that what a lap from Russell as well. And only 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 point uh just under just under a tenth of of being away from yeah. Yeah, like zero point. Yeah, and and dude, compare Russell to Latifi. He Russell finished what twelfth and Latifi eighteenth, and yeah. Grosjean was disqualified. Like I mean, he did not start. So he didn't start. Yeah, just Giovinazzi. Latifi, Latifi was second from last, and Russell <laughs> was eighth from last. Insane Seven. performance. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, sim racing, if you're a sim racer, <laughs> you're a good racer in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that it's, it's it's annoying facts. that he, he kind of lost it in the race. but yeah. Okay, in, in the race, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to go back to Latifi here. And he was, after the race, he was like, oh yeah, I had some good racing, albeit it was mostly with Russell. And But the thing is, Russell started off ahead, and then he had his accident. He ended up... I think he was at some point like 10 to 20 seconds behind Latifi. But Russell ended up in front of Latifi at the checkered flag. <laughs> it it just Latifi yeah. wasn't really uh I mean he has a positive attitude. I, I think he talks great whenever he's in the interviews, but on, on track. Yeah, but <laughs> something different. That's the thing though, like it's like he's in denial, like he's saying his Race when he went great. <laughs> like he's qualified twelfth. I don't know what. <laughs> it's he's it's just the Canadian optimist. attitude. He's just very. It's the Canadian. Yeah, exactly. Attitude. He's Canadian. No. He's he's gonna be happy with everything. Look, I think that it speaks to more. Um, uh, what do you call it? Russell's talent than Latifi's lack of talent. I agree. I think it's a you can. Parallel it to Red Bull slightly with Verstappen and Albon. It's just yeah. uh, Russell and Verstappen are just on another league. Yeah. Yep. I want to see Russell like, in a good car, but yeah, but he's definitely. I think I think come. it's good. It might it might actually be good that he's starting off in a team like Williams because he's not getting into the mindset of like he doesn't have the pressure of having to win from day one. Or going from podiums for day one, like a lot of these drivers that, like Pierre, going from from being a midfield car in season one to having to literally win or be on par with Max season two, it does a lot to Bro, your head. Albon. Albon, same as Albon, yeah. No, no, same, same. But <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like, Albon I, surviving, Pierre did not. <laughs> but um, I think that, uh, what uh, Russell is learning as well is how to extract the most out of yeah a car like yeah. it's the worst car in the grid no doubt but he's performing better than the Haas's, the alphas like not performing better but he on occasion he does do better than them so he's yeah. learning yeah. how to i'm glad he's and i'm glad he's getting in like a good practice like he he's he's settling into formula one before he goes into yeah. those championship winning teams and no doubt he's learning how to develop a car very well as well like he's probably following with williams how to develop maybe in their maybe not the best team to learn from but (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) but still like better than haas how long leclerc stayed in uh 
Alpha? One one year. Was it one year? Yeah. One year. Oh, it was one year. Okay. Yeah. 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 And yeah, Leclerc was that he was praised as like the next world champion from F two. And mm. George was also praised as the next F one world champion from F two. So yeah. like I think, I think out of Let's not forget, like, out of all of the rookies, he, uh, excluding Leclerc, out of all of the last year rookies, he beat out all of them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. even Latifi, so, I don't know. Yeah. And uh, when he was with Kubica, like, he outqualified him almost, mm. like, every every time, right? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Wasted let's, talent. Let's... Let's talk about this uh, Ferrari crash. Uh, lap oh one. God. Lap no. one. <laughs> All right. Let's. Let, I'll, I'll. I'll. I'll just. I'll just explain it for our viewers. Essentially, lap one. What happens is, um, decent start. Uh, no, but no, but, both... but, but we need to. We need to give background as well, right? So, F- Ferrari's like this great team, suddenly started qualifying in the, like low tens. Not low tens, like tenth and eleventh. Literally, Ten was their qualifying. Yeah, twice. Great team that has fallen down. They've brought a new package, a minor upgrade package to um, the steering Grand Prix, which they think can help them um, move along the grid uh, yeah. slightly better. But they don't understand this package well enough yet. So they're really using this race as an opportunity to test out this package. Yeah. For when um the major upgrades come for Hungary. So this yeah. is a really important race for them. And it's important the that they get it's important that they get these <laughs> seventy laps in to look at how their new parts are, are playing into the, into yeah, the car. Like, yeah. And and what happens is so Leclerc is behind Vettel in so what is turn three technically turn the second ter- big turn, but it's turn three. Um Charles is behind Vettel uh, Charles sees a gap, doesn't realize, I think, that... Or realizes, but decides to ignore the fact that there's three cars going into one turn. Vettel, obviously, is not expecting anyone to come up his inside because there's three cars in line. That's the most also, that can go through the corner. If you look at the the Leclerc's footage, there was no gap in that there turn. Were, like, it was very far away. It just was not sensible yeah, from Leclerc. yeah. Leclerc just... does the one thing you're not supposed to do, which is crash into anyone but your teammate and knock out <laughs> your two cars on the day that you've got new parts and you need to test out your new your new uh, your new data. You need to look at it all for the seventy laps. Um, crashes into him. Leclerc uh, knocks out uh, Vettel's back wing. Uh, Vettel has to retire basically immediately. Leclerc goes on looks for like a lap. Look like a um, Indy oh. car for a second. Yeah. Without Leclerc, the Leclerc, we <laughs> initially think that maybe it'll be okay for Leclerc, but I, I saw his floor like right after. I, was, I just, I knew immediately there's no way that that car was gonna survive. Yeah, you called it. You called it before. Yeah, I, I, I called it pretty early, but um, yeah, there was no way. Like that floor had too much damage, uh, and then he retires, double retirement, literally the worst thing that can happen. Positive Disaster. is that Charles. Took responsibility basically immediately. He said, "Yes, my fault. I didn't like. It was just a bad move. Should not have done that." But then he again, he made like, it a point to apologize. Talk, speak to Vettel first, and apologize before he did the interview. Yeah, which is which, fair. Which yeah. was respectful, but like, 
yeah to be, it was like yeah it doesn't really it's not that good of an excuse it's, but it's not like this is his first like it's not his first time there is a pattern showing and i think marcus i think you described this in our in our like chat but there's definitely this theme of leclerc when he's behind or in the midfield there's this recklessness that he gets into where he wants to get ahead. He thinks his car is way better than any of these other cars. So he does these, especially in Monaco last year, he, he, he does these moves that he doesn't necessarily need to, um, to, and like very daring moves to try and get ahead of the midfield, which usually end up in disaster for him. Yeah. So tough race Look, for them. In, in, in one way, I see where the clerk was coming from. I mean, Ferrari, they don't have, they obviously don't have great pace. They're way below, uh, down in the grid where they expected to be from last season. So, and first lap, all the cars are bunched up. That's where you make the moves. Like, and he was obviously trying to make a move to get as many positions as possible for, you know, the rest of the race. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that it was like looking at the footage. You can just tell it was um, Leclerc's. I don't want to say fault, but like definitely, if no, there was fault, he, he admitted it. He admitted it that it was his fault. I, I think it's yeah, safe fair, to but say. like there was just there was no space into that. That wasn't even a, a a move that should have occurred. Like there was no space for a move to occur. There was no. It was like half of his car was on the curb, right, for that move to occur. And there are two other cars past Vettel, so Vettel obviously has to take a tighter line into the corner. Yeah, I just don't see how yeah. in any way that move was possible. And Leclerc was quite far back as well, so Vettel wouldn't have expected or seen uh, Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. and honestly, on like, yeah. just... so so on that on that shot down into turn three. Um, I was like, I was telling my dad, like, that's four cars coming into that turn. It's not going to work out. Somebody's going to crash. And then I saw the crash and I was like, I didn't, I thought that somebody would 100% crash. I didn't think it would be the two Ferraris. Like, literally the worst possible. Like, how much worse could this weekend, this, this, this Fortnite get for you? Yeah. It's just like, ooh, just completely stupid. Um, just, yeah. Not nothing, what they needed right now. They needed, they needed them to play as a team. Yeah, at, if for any race, just this one race, because mm. they had things to learn about the car, but yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Okay, let's let's talk about defense. Lando coming in. His last lap, last two. Oh my god, what a what Guys, a brilliant young man. He's uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> that guy he's when he gets good. into and, scenario seven, his engine just goes into overdrive, and. And he just waits until the last lap. I mean, I, I think he could have done an overtake on the... Who was in front of him? Danny and... Uh, Stroll. Lance? Yeah. Danny, Danny, yeah. So Danny and Lance were in front of him. And there were times where I was like... He could have maybe done it, but he was definitely playing it safe. I think he waited good. for the exact right moment. And he, Yeah, and it, he did it very well done. There was just mad respect for him. Yeah. Um yeah. He's third in the championship. That's all that matters. <laughs> it's going to be man. Yeah. What a guy. <laughs> Consistency, a that's guy. the that's the thing. Consistency yeah. is is really where 
Yeah, he, he also, ha- for sure he yeah. If, speaking of performances, like Perez, yeah, went from feel bad what for What did him, you say, Marcus? From from seventeenth to sixth, like yeah, that's should have been crazy. Should have been at least fifth. Could have been fourth, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he there was that that move on Alpon was questionable. Went went better than the week before for Albon, but um, yeah, for sure. But like, uh, I mean, honestly, for, I was just glad that Albon didn't came come out uh, <laughs> on the. I think end of that I think if group. Albon got hit there, he would just retire. <laughs> like, just no, spins I'm again. Done. I'm, I'm done. done. I'm done with this. I'm retiring. I'm quitting Formula One. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> um, but. but don't you think that Perez actually was a bit too fast in terms of like wanting to do this overtake? Because that was, I mean, he did phenomenal throughout the whole going through the midfield. And then realistically, he wouldn't catch up to Verstappen or any of the Mercedes. So, because they were half a minute in front. So, this was his last uh, overtake that he needed to do. And there were still quite a few more laps to go. But. I think he just went because he was, I guess he was on a spree. He was like knocking him over like ducks. Could have just uh, <laughs> thought he could do it rather yeah. than waiting like uh, uh, Norris. He just went for it and that cost him. Mm. I but think that I think doesn't that, mean that's... that he had a bad performance overall. He I think still did that, a one's phenomenal just, job. that one's just a racing incident, I think. It's not yeah, no, fault, really. Didn't he do a similar move? Uh, or Albon did a move around him in on the same turn in uh uh the austrian grand prix right or something yeah so so i I that went fine so like it's a valid place to overtake but it's just circumstance that that ended up happening yeah yeah i think i think that it it was pretty marginal um i think how that turn went is how lewis and sergio should have gone uh sorry lewis and uh Albon should have gone where mm-hmm. he he controlled the understeer a little bit. Like Sergio slowed down. That's why he didn't push uh, Albon off. It's because he slowed down a little bit. He he didn't understeer too much. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. I but also it, like it's unlucky. I'm glad he finished sixth and not lower with that broken. Yeah. Move. It, oh, was it was close. so close. Like, I, was, that I was. I was so stressed. I was, I was so yeah. stressed. Because Stroll messed up the move as well on Ricardo, and they kind of, yeah, uh, it was kind of messy back then. And then when Lando just comes in, overtakes <laughs> both of them, I was like, yes, Lando. And then after that, like, Lando was on a crazy lap. Oh, like what, three overtakes in the last two or last lap? Insane. In the last lap, yeah, yeah. last lap. <laughs> mad man, he's I honestly mad, like. Man. That guy is insane, but yeah, yeah. I'm. You know who who somebody so, that went under the radar I think is uh, Raikkonen. Raikkonen actually did pretty well. He finished eleventh, and I think he qualified. He qualified sixteenth, um, which you he, know five. He managed position. to keep his tires on this time. Yeah, no tires falling off. <laughs> Raikkonen, I think is he's such a good driver. But he just always is under the radar. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be with. 20 cars like there's no 
you can't cover all the cars at every yeah. given point. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. one last thing to mention before we end off this episode was the robots during the podium. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I was so shocked. I remember seeing it, seeing it in, in F2. F2. And yeah. it was a complete fail because like the guy had to step off the podium to so grab the trophy. And just I and I was like, there's no way they're going to do this in F1. They're probably trying it out for social distancing, trying to see if it would work. But I guess FIA spent money on that. They're going to use it. They have <laughs> to use it. And they went all in on the robots. Oh, God, it was just too awkward. <laughs> I thought my, I thought my, Lewis's reaction was so funny because he just he just stood there for a while. He was like, "Really, this is what my former career off? is come to? Yeah. Twelve years, six-time world champion, and I have to get off the podium <laughs> to get my trophy." <laughs> my one of my friends was like, um, "This is the start of the end. Like, this is where the robots are going to take over." And then I'm like, "Bro, that robot is way too dumb to take over anything." <laughs> <laughs> there's no way oh and and the the guy at the the end at the right had to like give it a little nudge to get yeah, it yeah he was shoving all of them all of them he was like oh. it was too funny like and then it's so slow as well it had to like yeah it it it's went so to awkward. lewis lewis had to step off get it and then it yeah. like slowly rolled away like off screen yeah <laughs> yeah it was just a disaster Wow. It was funny though. It's 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 very F one to yeah. pull something like that yeah. though. Very Liberty Media. Yeah. Well, F one's uh, Styrian Grand Prix uh, ended in a very wonderful way, and I guess we'll end ours on that wonderful note. Uh, we'll see you guys probably in a couple of days, where we'll have to record another episode um, right after we finish watching the Hungarian Grand Prix. Uh, it's it's going to be an exciting one. I think it's less power dependent. Um, hopefully we get some more news about who's joining uh, Racing Point um, slash Aston Martin. And we will see you guys then. Thank you for watching.